Today's episode of Peers to Peers is powered by Shopify, the leading global commerce company that's shaping today's entrepreneurial economy. What started as three mates in a coffee shop trying to sell a snowboard has ended in thousands of employees around the world, bringing over 1.7 million businesses to life. You could say Shopify is a peer to us and entrepreneurs around the world. So peers, if you're looking to start your own business, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Kidnor, founder of leading Australian podcast agency, The Peers Project, and your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite an inspiring millennial entrepreneur from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer-to-peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way and why there's nothing better. As always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Believe it or not, back in 2014, Instagram was almost an entirely different platform than what it is today. Before the selfies and the stories, it was originally a photo sharing app to connect with friends and family. Today's guest, however, was one of the first pioneers of the influencer marketing that's come to define Instagram today. In today's episode, powered by Shopify, we sit down with Nina Shinny Anderson, CEO and founder of a leading Copenhagen-based influencer marketing agency, SocialWorks. In this ep, Nina shares how she saw an opportunity during the app's infancy to turn posting into payment, why age is just a number, and how to hone those managerial skills when you're used to being a solo entrepreneur. For those of you who haven't yet posted about our podcast on your socials, or if you're new here, welcome. And please do take a screenshot of this episode right now, post it to your Instagram story and tag us at The Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs and help us on our mission to empower you all to pursue what you're most passionate about through entrepreneurship. Okay, peers, without further ado, welcome Nina. Nina, welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. Of course. You know, you and I recently connected and when I looked into you and all of the amazing work you're doing in the influencer marketing and the branding space, I knew I had to have you come on the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. My honor. Of course. Great. So look, for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, of course. Um, I started one of the first influencer agencies of Scandinavia back in seven years ago, I think eight years ago, actually. Um, that was before it even was called influencers. It was called bloggers and 
also YouTubers, but not they didn't have a terminology all around for all of them. So a few years later, it was called influencers, and we actually knew what we were doing. <laughs> um, so that's where we, we started to represent a lot of the biggest influencers of Scandinavia. And it has uh, evolved to so much more. Today, we represent people from Italy, Scandinavia, US, Germany, a lot of different countries. But our base is still in Scandinavia, and we work most mostly uh, with Scandinavian brands. Oh, it's so cool, Nina. When I was looking into you, I was like, wow, this is so amazing that it's like Copenhagen based and like, you know, Denmark and Scandinavia. Like, it's just super cool. And I can't wait to dive deeper into your work. But before we do, I'd love to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing. And that is, where did you grow up? And how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? Yeah, very interesting question. I grew up in a city called Aarhus in Denmark. It's the second biggest city here. Um, and I grew up in, in the suburbs actually of Aarhus. So a bit out of, uh, out of town. And, um, I think as a kid, I've always been very creative or at least creating. I always had a project going on. I know that's very common for kids, but I think I took it to the next level because I, I created stuff that actually, for instance, we had a platform back then um, where people could chat and then I helped people set up their profile really nice and then they paid me for doing it. <laughs> so I always had small side gigs <laughs> going on. And I also loved to create my own clothes for my Barbie dolls. And I always had a lot of different projects going on. And my, my parents always gave me a lot of freedom to explore and create whatever I felt like creating. Oh, I love that. You were just the Barbie doll clothes maker and the tech entrepreneur at five, you know. When you were growing up and creating and making these projects, you know, what do you think it taught you about what you love to do? And I guess, how do you think that played a role in what you decided to study at university and then kind of now with your business? Mm, I think um, at least one of the things that I know today, I didn't know any of this back then, but I love to start something and I like to follow the process all the way through. And I'm also good at finalizing a project because I know for some people, they really love to start it and some really like to finalize it, but I'm very into the whole process of it. So that's at least something that I learned as a child that I need to finish whatever I set my mind to. So I didn't start tons of different projects without following through. And then I've always been very fascinated by public relations and PR, at least since I was around 15 years old. I've been very into marketing and communications and I watched The Devil Wears Prada and was very, <laughs> I would either want to be a journalist or uh, work with public relations. And then I've, I thought I wanted to study marketing whenever I could get the chance to do so. And that's what I did. And that's where I ended up. That's where you ended up. Who taught you, you know, which one of your parents taught you or how did you learn to finish what you start? You know, I think that's such an important thing and it's an important quality. And I, I agree. I think so many of us start these exciting new projects and we, we get so excited about them. And then, you know, six months in, a year in, we think, oh, it's too hard. It's not going our way. 
you know, and we just don't finish them. Who taught you to keep going and see things through to the end? And what advice would you give to our peers out there listening who struggle with the follow through? I think what plays a great role in in this is um, after school, I went to uh, some sort of a club uh, where we were taken care of as kids. And we we're always allowed to do so many different things we could so we could um, have a create our beauty salon if we wanted. We could work with wood if that's what we wanted. They let us do a lot of projects there, but it was also required that we finish whatever we started. So we couldn't start tons of different projects without finishing. But I tried to record a CD, even though I couldn't sing, but we were allowed to create our own songs and record it in the studio. And we were allowed to work with bikes and how to repair these and we could so um, stuff and so there were a lot of teachers there that could teach us a lot of different things so I think that actually played a great role in my skills when it comes to feeling I can do this so that I could actually ride a bike I could actually fix the bike I could do all these things and because the, the adults there they supported us and then, of course, my dad, he's also an entrepreneur, um, but he hasn't paced me or anything. It, it hasn't been like that. I actually said when I was a kid, I don't want to be an entrepreneur because I knew I could see that my dad was working a lot. And I knew that he, he told me, you never know what, how your salary will be. And there are a lot of things, uncertain things. And I said, I don't want that. I will work at a mall or <laughs> something. But yeah, that's not how it went. <laughs> <laughs> Outlet. I love that. So, you know, as you headed into university, you said you studied marketing and then I think you went on to study entrepreneurship or, or maybe after that. Can you talk to us a little bit about those university days and kind of what you learned about yourself during that time? Of course. Um, to be honest, I was kind of a, a bit lazy student. <laughs> I, I can't say why. I wasn't good at doing my homework and I wasn't good at showing up to class, but I was always good when it came to exam and studied really hard before the exam. I think one of the reasons of this was because I had so many things doing outside of school going on. I already started my business back then and I found I put a lot of my focus into that. So I didn't see the value in school as much as I should have. And I know that a lot of the things now, when I had finance back then, I didn't find it interesting at all. But now I can recall the things that I learned and I really need it now. So now it falls into place, all of the things I learned in school back then. So I wasn't that uh, good of a student maybe, but it's still so glad I did it. And I'm so glad I studied. Uh, yes, I studied marketing, uh, more business related. And then I did a top off that was called innovation and entrepreneurship. So I had finance, I had communications, I had law, I had everything. So even though I wasn't a master of that, I can definitely recall a lot of it um, today and draw upon that. Mm -hmm. For our peers out there listening who maybe are similar to you and they're, you know, they're probably, maybe they're just like, this isn't for me, you know, this course, I'm not studying very hard or, you know, I'm in this job and like, oh, but like I'll study hard for the exams, you know, what advice would you give to our peers out there listening who are struggling with where they're at right now? Maybe they're not that passionate about it. You know, what advice would you give to us? Yeah. Well, at least the advice I would give to myself back then is 
your homework and yeah. try to find passion in it. I know it's hard, but you will be so happy you did it when, once you get older. Um, I know it can be hard to do it because it's hard to relate. It, yeah. it can be so, okay, these numbers, uh, the revenue, uh, I don't know, <laughs> how can I put this into use? But, but try, maybe read more about it or study more in depth into some of the topics and find what you, you're really passionate about. That's important. When did you find what you're most passionate about? When did that happen? Was it a moment? How did that happen? No, I've always been very, very passionate. And I've always tried to make other people passionate about stuff. Um, even though I wasn't that passionate about school, I've always been very passionate about all these different projects I had since since a kid. So I think that's just something that's very, um, one of my biggest um, skills, I would say, um, is my passion. So it has always been there. I've always been very passionate. How can we figure out what we care about and what we're passionate about? You said that you really try and help other people and, you know, make them passionate about things. How can we figure that out? And why do you think that's important? For me, it's, I think passion is our drive. It's, it's what makes the world go around and what makes us get out of bed in the morning. I don't think we have seen a lot in, in the movies in Wolf of Wall Street, what passion is supposed to be. That's not what it's supposed to be. It can also be all the different small signals that you, that you see every day where your attention, what your attention is drawn towards. If you like to cook, maybe that's your passion. It doesn't mean that you're all Wolf of Wall Street about it. It just means that it's something you like. It's something you like to put your time into and it's something you want to focus on and develop that skill. Then do it. Passion doesn't have to be all, <laughs> all in like that. For some people it is. Yeah. And for you, it was with your business. I mean, wow. You know, you said you started it when you were at university. I think you you were running like two or three businesses at the time. Can you talk to us a little bit about how the idea for Social Works came about and what were those first few steps that you took to really get it off the ground? Yeah, of course. In high school, that was when I first started doing a business, I think. Back then, I... I saw there were a lot of Facebook pages that had a lot of likes back then. And I figured some of these have 800,000 followers and nobody are using them. There's links still. So I figured if I can buy these pages or if I can some way distribute content on it, I could distribute ads as well as quality content, of course. This was before there was a blog or something else. Wow. So I would say it's kind of the same mindset. But I, um, I bought Facebook pages that had millions of uh, likes. And then I used these to, of course, I had to distribute quality content to get more likes. And also then I could fit some uh, commercial links into it. And I could make quite a lot of money back then, actually. <laughs> and then I started to study marketing. So I figured I should have something that's related to marketing. So I got a job at an advertising agency. And um, I think I also did quite well. Uh, at that job, I at least got promoted and promoted. So I had a whole team. I could help with bookings back then for booking new clients. And then they asked me, um, they were about to open a web shop that they would market themselves. And they needed someone to, to work on this on a daily basis. And they asked me if I wanted to do that. And then I would get shares in the company. 
And then I figured, yeah, why not? <laughs> it's not that I figured I want to be an entrepreneur. It has never mm -hmm. been like that, but it just came to me like an, a possibility. And then I worked at this web shop. We, uh, we created jewelry. And uh, this was just when Instagram had started. It was people had 10,000 followers or some of them even had 40,000 followers, but not more than that. And then I started to send out jewelry for these people that had a lot of followers on Instagram. And I could see, okay, we didn't spend much on sending this jewelry, but I could see how much jewelry we could sell from these people showing the jewelry. And I figured, hmm, this is interesting. More brands should do this. I felt that Instagram is going to be a big thing. So there was this girl, her name is uh, Matilde. She's she has 1.2 million followers today. She had 40,000 followers and asked her, should we try to work together and see if we can make a business out of this? And she was like, can you make money from Instagram? She was posting pictures of her cat and whatever she felt like back then. <laughs> and this exploded. Her profile exploded and she's the biggest influencer of Denmark today. And wow. fast forward, we are partners in the company today. Wow. Incredible. How can we seek out these opportunities? You know, it sounds like, Nina, you were just like, I see this opportunity and like no one's doing it. Like, How do we seek out these opportunities? For me, uh, when people ask me, how do you know if it's a good idea? I always say, at least for me, it's like being in love. You think about it all the time. You can't sleep because you <laughs> think about, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you talk about it to your friends and it's like you're in love with the idea of doing this. And of course you have to have confidence in the same time because some people will shoot it down and say, no, I can't do that and leave it. So if you have the confidence and you're in love with the idea, that's a really good match. Mm, I love that. Once we're in love and we have the confidence, what are the first few steps that we should be taking to get it off the ground? You know, for you, you linked up with a massive influencer, well, someone who's now a massive influencer in this space. How do we know what to do next? And for you, how did you know what to do next? Um, I, th I really believe in the power of a team. I know some people say you can do this, you can do it on your own, and I'm sure you can. But I really believe that if you are a great team, uh, you can do much more. So it's also about knowing yourself and knowing what are your skills and where are you good at using your time and what do you need? And what does this company need to really exceed? And for me, I've always been very good at strategy and processes. And exactly like I said before, I'm really good at starting and finishing and making sure that this runs smoothly. I wasn't back then that good at people. I was a bit shy and I, it, it took a lot of effort for me to have these meetings all the time. So I figured, okay, if I can find someone who's a really good people's person, I can create the product and then this person can help me sell the product. So I teamed with uh, someone from my studies, actually. He was uh, really good at people and uh, this made a really good team. He's sadly not in the company anymore when we... Uh, Merge with another company, he decided to have another job. But at least I would say it's really important to have a really good team. How can we find the best teammates? Um, chemistry is very important because I think one of the reasons why a lot of teams, they fail is because the chemistry is not good or they don't trust each other or they don't maybe respect each other's quality. I've always seen that 
when teams fail, it's also because they're not aware of what am I good at and what are you good at? Or, and some people think they're good at everything, but you can't be good at everything. So if you really respect each other and respect each other's qualities and make sure that, okay, maybe I'm good at something that he isn't good at. That doesn't mean make him a bad person or anything. And he's good at something I'm not good at. That just makes a team and that makes it all much better. So, so interesting. You know, what were the early days like for you? You know, you've partnered up, you've got your team, but you're also super young and, you know, you're just trying to figure out, so is the industry, you know, so you're trying to navigate this, all of this. How did you convince people and brands and businesses that Instagram was it or influencer marketing was a thing? And and what were the challenges that you faced? in the early days? I was only 21. So I've actually thought about it many times. People (laughs) even trust me. So young. (laughs) We work with a lot of big brands, but I think, like you said, it's because the industry was also young. So there weren't other people doing the same. People were very interested in influencers and very interested in Instagram. It was a very hot topic, but very few people worked with this. So that was our, of course, our win because then we didn't have much competition. So we were really good at, and we are really good at what we do. So even though you're 21, but if you're really good at what you do and you know your stuff, then people will also see that and they won't look at your age. For our peers out there listening who feel like, oh my goodness, I'm 21 or I'm 35, but in this industry, you need to be 50 to be at the top, you know? I just feel like maybe I'm not the expert and maybe my age is an issue. You know, what advice would you give to us around that? Um, I would say innovation is not necessarily about discovering something new like we did. It's about doing something better. And you can turn your age into a a force. Uh, You can turn your age into... If you see something that is very traditional and people are much older than you in that industry, it means that you see it from another angle. Maybe you're much more digital or much more something, but you can bring something new onto the table and that's just your place and that's what you need to do. So see it as your ace and see it as what you can bring to the table. I love that. You guys can't see me, but I am furiously nodding my head at Nina because, you know, I also, you know, when I started out in podcasting at 23, I felt so inadequate. And, you know, who am I, a 23-year-old? But, you know, back then in 2017, only a couple of years ago, but podcasting was not even a thing. People didn't even know how to listen to a podcast. And now, you know, and I think just everything you're saying around backing yourself, putting it, making your age or whatever it may be a positive, even if you are very young, I think it's just absolutely so, so true. Amazing, Nina. I want to talk a little bit about wins and failures. You know, I think so many of us, we can sit here and and talk all about the amazing things that happen, but entrepreneurship and business is hard. You know, there's a lot of daily failures and sometimes some big failures. For you, what do you believe has been your biggest failure to date? Uh, Yeah, of course I do mistakes every day. But I think one of the things that is five years ago, maybe um, that was when my, my company 
doing influencer marketing merged with Matilde, who's the biggest influencer today. Our two companies merged and we were social works that we are today. But back then we got an investment and this means that we, from one day to another, almost were 15 people. And I didn't have any leadership ex experience, which I felt very, which this was very difficult because how should I lead and how should I take all the decisions? Now I need to take this, a lot of decisions. And I remember saying to my boyfriend, I wish employees were robots. Then you could just press a button and then they would do what you wanted to do because people have feelings and people, hard. Yeah. you need to think 10 steps ahead all the time. That requires a lot of work. But then I started to really develop my leadership skills and if care for people. I, of course, I cared for people, but I just felt so much responsibility related to this. But then I actually felt, okay, like I said before, two people can do a lot, but 15 people can do even more. So once you start to really understand the diversity in your team and the different skills that they have and how to develop these, you can come a lot further than when you are two people. So when I really started to be focused on people and people's the traits and what do we need to develop and all this. That's when I, I believe I grew a lot as an entrepreneur. So it wasn't a mistake I did like one day, but it was over a long period. So valuable. What are three key leadership tips that you would give those of us who are just starting out as managers or leaders or young entrepreneurs? I would say it's important to be proactive and explicit. That's something I really value a lot that you are explicit about your opinion, because if you're not, then you will lose trust within your team. So if you're explicit, of course, you need to say it nicely. But if you're explicit about if there's something you don't like and if there's something you really like, then people know where they have you. And the feedback is, I think, I believe the feedback is valued a lot. So you should be able to give good feedback in a, or at least in a good way. That's important to be explicit about that and then be proactive. Always try to be a few steps ahead. What's going to happen? And if I take this decision, what will happen? Of course, you can always be proactive, but really try to be. If you're always reactive, the opposite, then there's something wrong with your leadership. You're somewhat behind or your workload is too big. You need to be on top of your game. And then I'd say the last one is I'm still working on that. And then that's a process, but Try to allow yourself to be a vulnerable leader. Um, show that you're a human being and show that you don't have it all figured out, even though I said you need to be proactive, but that you're also a person and that you have feelings and you make mistakes. Try to admit it when you do make mistakes because that will create a culture that's more open where people care about each other and they see each other, which I believe is very important. They should also be able to talk amongst each other about mistakes and things that aren't perfect. So, so valuable. I couldn't agree more. I've got some kind of final questions for you, but before we dive into that, I want to talk a little bit about the progression of the business and kind of the longevity of it. You know, I think sometimes when we start out in an industry or something that's very new, or we might just start a venture um, we're in it for two years and we think that's a long time, but really the business is still very small or the venture is still very small. How do we keep going for seven, eight years like what you've done 
without getting discouraged along the way and continuing to grow the business. You know, I think sometimes we can get very impatient. You know, how can we keep going when things get tough? Yeah, that's something I have reflected a lot upon lately, actually, because I also now I have done this for eight years. That's a long time. And they usually say, have your job for seven years and then you shift into another one. Um, but I think, at least for us, no days are alike. And that's not even the cliche. It's it, no days are alike <laughs> because we work with so many different clients. We have a lot of different projects. So it can be Dior, it can be uh, food, it can be something else. Um, so that's one thing. But it's also within our business because we are growing a lot. It, that means my work is also changing. So but in the beginning, it was convincing people that they need to be on Instagram. Now it's a totally different game. We have a lot of competition, a lot of competition. We need to be the best at what we do to attract talent uh, in every way. So this is changing a lot. And then we also have some internal projects that we are working on, which makes me still be able to be an entrepreneur because I am an entrepreneur at heart. So I really need to set these new projects out and follow them through. So since we are creating products with our influences now, this is also like one of our influences is doing her own, I can't say what, but her own product. So this is a new business that is being born and we will continue to do that. So maybe some of them will get a clothing line or a shoe brand or, or whatever, but um this makes out for me that we have entrepreneurship within the company. Love that. Yes. Oh my goodness. I can't wait to see this. Look, Nina, over the last eight years in business, you've really gone from strength to strength. You know, you've received so much recognition for your work. You've ridden the entrepreneurial wave. And most recently you were listed on the 2021 Forbes 30 under 30 list. Nina, what are three key pieces of advice that you wish you got when you were just starting out? I would say besides the fact that when I said before that you really need to invest in people, I think that is something people told me, but I didn't, I wasn't that aware of it. I would say be aware of your footprint. This is something that, that comes later on. It's not from the beginning. You can't you shouldn't think about your footprint from day one, uh, unless you're in a special kind of business. But for us, we grew into a company that we have a lot of responsibility in how do we communicate to the future generations? Which role models do we put out there? So we should be really aware of which talent do we sign on to our company? Which influences do we promote? Do they have healthy values? Do they have that kind of values that we want the future generations to have? So for us, what at least what we are very aware of right now is which footprint do we leave? It's not only about revenue. It's not only about numbers. It's also about how do we educate and how do we make sure that we can create a better tomorrow? That's one thing. And then I would say hire diverse. It, not diversity in the same way as with our influences, but hire a diverse team, meaning that people should have different skills. It's really important that people have different skills and that they respect each other's different skills, because as I said before, that's how you create a team. So they shouldn't all be very extrovert and they shouldn't all be very introvert either. You should have some that can speak up. You should have some that can create the strategy. You should have some that 
a lot of different things. So have a diverse team in that way. And then invest in your education, maybe also. That's one of the things now. Um, I think having advisors and having mentors and having people around you that you can go to. Because for me, as a CEO of the company, I spend a lot of time on developing other people and they develop other people. But no one is really developing me. So what I can feel is when I have... When I'm going into things, when I can have a, something, someone to talk to or where I, where I am there to be developed and develop my skills, I think that's very important as well. Don't just focus on the daily task, but also see, okay, I want to be a better leader. Can I learn more about this or can I, whatever. So we do that a lot now. I love it. And I couldn't agree more on the last one. I think that's, yeah, it's just so, so important. Oh, Nina, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the incredible work you've done and that you're doing, you know, for showing us, and particularly us young, ambitious females, that if we have that vision, that goal and that dream, we actually can turn it into our reality. And although it may be hard and we have to go through all the hurdles, it can happen. And for that, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yes, it definitely can happen. I love it. So the final question is how we finish every episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, and that is, what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? Yeah, very good question. I think for people, it's just very important to evolve and grow as human beings. And when you pursue what you're passionate about, you will grow, you will grow into Hopefully that person you really want to be, you have the opportunity to grow into and grow your skills and become a better version of yourself um, along with the process. Of course, you really need to pay attention to what kind of person are you growing into? <laughs> That's another <laughs> thing. But I believe that following your passion and if you do it in the right way, you will create a, a better world. Nothing less. Oh, Nina. Oh my goodness. We've had an absolute blast. Thank you so much. Where can we learn more about you and social works? Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. Of course, we have a, a very active Instagram account and <laughs> follow me on LinkedIn. That's where I share some topics once in a while. And yeah, for Danish people, you can follow our company on television through Remy Matilda's TV show. Amazing. We'll link them up in the show notes. Thank you so much again. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Remember, Peers, we're here to help you turn your passion into a business. And so is Shopify. And so if you're looking to start your biz, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Peers, that's a wrap. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest beer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do, which is our way of saying inspirational. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. We produce with passion and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram 
at The Peers Project. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, Peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst. <laughs> <laughs>